0: And the way Seems you cannot be replaced And I'm the one who will stay oh. In this world It's just us You know it's not the same As it was In this world It's just us You know it's not the same Good
2: morning Harry Styles to get you into a Wednesday morning. Who went to Harry? Louis Herman What? He shorted not he's in Christchurch. My first pick is Robbie and potentially Joey B will be our dollar ten favourites head along to Harry Styles. How was it lads? I, I didn't get a ticket, boys. I, I was, you know, I felt like the only Harry Styles fan
3: in Auckland that didn't go. All my, yeah. you know, I was going to go with my sister, and then she ended up ditching me to go, go with her friends, you know. We talked about going, and then she ended up just going behind my back and getting the tickets without me. Um, so I'm pretty gutted, but uh, <laughs> such is life, is he? such is life.
2: Such is life, man. Harry Styles, I'm not a huge fan, but I absolutely love that song. As it was, it's a it's a good track. It's a good tune, it can get you feeling good, and that's enough. You went to Harry Styles. So I'm pretty sure everyone in Auckland went, and they dressed it up. They they went in their little costumes and looked the goods. So Harry Styles in the country, there you go to get you off on a Wednesday morning. A big good morning to Louis Herman Watt, who's in Christchurch. How you doing, Louis?
4: Yeah, FOMO off the charts last night. I would have loved to have been at Harry Styles. Um, same, similar to Joe mm. Shannon and me, kicked the tires on it. Expensive tickets, but I guess that's what you get when he is the pop star of his generation at the moment. You Just know. one multi, John. Louis. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, well, the, 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 that's right. That's the problem, isn't it? Just, to, and then that's that there, in there, in itself lies the issue. Is he? Um, gee, I'm a bit out of breath after doing a little bit of a jig to start the morning at six o'clock.
2: Whew. I'm so yes, upset. I'm so <laughs> upset. Don't worry, mate. Oh, I get it. Remember what we were doing? A couple of tunes anyway, last couple of mornings, and I'm like, get down, and I'm trying to talk, and I'm out of breath. I'm out of breath. But we've got a big show today, Louis. We've got plenty to talk about, and we had a great message coming in earlier from Paul from Harwera. Well, Paul, he says, Morning, team. Thanks so much for the Adidas golf shoes. I played the podcast to my son on our way to twilight last night after getting ticks." about winning he's absolutely stoked and so am i very much appreciated thanks to all involved and that is in regards to our adidas golf shoes we have another pair of the all-new zg23 ranger golf shoes from adidas get in touch with us on double eight double three or 0800 150 811 let us know who will be winning the four golf majors of 2023 any everyone Oh, if you can let me know too, because there'll be a hell of a multi. Everyone that sends their submission for that ponderous question goes in the draw to win the new kicks, double eight, double three, oh eight hundred, one five oh, eight to eleven. We have got the Augusta Masters coming up, Louis. If you're gonna have a stab mm. in the dark, where you going?
4: Oh, you know where I'm going. He's overdue. Third last year, <sighs> and he wants to make it. You know, you know how badly he wants to slip that green jacket on and just rub it in those the faces of the PGA <laughs> Tour players. Yeah, Cam Smith says to lose
2: Cam Smith, Are you going, Cam just Smith? Ga- oh, I like that.
4: Ga- mm. Game sets up so well. There is he, It's those, those beautiful iron play, and just can keep it and regulation and just then is putting on those Augusta greens. You need to go to Augusta, mate. More than anyone else I know, Guy have outplayed Augusta, <laughs> and that's not right that you haven't. You need to go there and report back. That's probably my – that's maybe now my new goal for SENZ, to get a z to Augusta. I might start the campaign.
2: I'd love to go there. Look, I had an opportunity about three years ago with um, the one and only Michael Campbell. He offered uh, – Gave me an opportunity to go. But I'd just been over to America, so I couldn't do it. And then on that, we got locked down with COVID. So we wasn't able to eventuate and go. But Cam Smith is paying $15. So he's paying $15 outright winner at the TAB. got John Rahm's favourite, Rory McIlroy for the Grand Slam. $8.50. Can't do it. He can't do it. Rory McIlroy. Colin Morikawa. He's always a good solid bet. Um. Who am I gonna go? Who am I gonna go? I was pretty close. I I picked it last time. John Rahm when he won the um Genesis Open. He got that one. John Rahm would be a good bet. He's John on Rahm, fire. but that's an easy he's on fire. But that's an easy bet. I always will go with like someone in the top and then I'll throw Morikawa in there because he's always he's the best iron player on, on tour at the moment. So Also didn't
4: didn't he fill your T A B account up winning the US Open
2: a, a couple no PGA. <laughs> Championship three years ago? He's given me a fill-up, old uh, Morikawa, when he won the Open. He won the Open. open. Yeah, over in in the UK. And then uh, the PGA Championship, Brooks Koepka actually gave me um, a bit of a fill-up because he was getting chased out by Dustin Johnson in that last round. And it was so close because he... Bogeyed a couple, and then Dustin was on a bit of a heater, but he he won it by one or two shots. So that was a good payday. That was a good payday. Well, what is he? Because this is a tough
4: question, but we've got a pair of these beautiful. Adidas golf shoes. so like we can't just be giving them away. We've got to make you think yep. a little bit. I will go away, and by the time seven o'clock rolls around, you can ask me who's going to win the four majors, and I will declare them because I'm throwing the question out there. We need to do it as well. Who wins the four majors 2023? Masters, US Open, PGA Championship, and the Open.
2: Who is it? Four names. Might be the same name. <laughs> Mate, that is, honestly that would pay plenty. You put a two oh. bucks on that, that would pay plenty <laughs> if Brilliant. you went through. <laughs> and you won that. So look let us know because we'll we'll collate them, we'll write them down, and then we'll go through at the end of the year and go, wow, well, Michael, <laughs> if you put No one that got a single one. Well, Michael, if you put that down on a wee TAB bonus bet, you would have got paid. But anyway, let us know. And uh, there's plenty coming up on the show as well. We've got Michael Hendry. We're going to continue the golf theme. I got to know Michael Hendry down at the Golf Open for the last couple of years. He's actually been in fine form. He had a win at the Victoria Open. He uh, had a tight six at the New Zealand Golf Open. He's playing extremely well. So Michael Hendry, one of New Zealand's finest golfers, will be on our show after... 7 o'clock, and then at 7.40, we're going to have a catch-up with Liv Mackay-Louis for Sail GP. We'll talk mm. some sailing. Obviously, Sale is coming to Christchurch, not too far away, so looking forward to that. And then after 8 o'clock, the one and only, the legend, the man that does it all. He's dominating the farmlands up in Gisborne area, Ian Kirkpatrick. Ian Kirkpatrick, he's a champ. Um, Get to bump into him every now and then when I head back to Daisy's house and... uh yeah, I'd love to have a chat to him about the devastation that's going on up in up in Gisborne Tararua area, and particularly in the farming region. He'll have plenty to say as well. So double eight, double three. If you've got anything in regards to our show, or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven, Louis's come out and already said it. He wants to hear from you. The four major winners for this year. You got the Masters, U.S. Open, the PGA, and the Open that'll be taking place just on that US Open, Louie. Mm. It's that, that an LA country club? Yes, it is. Got to play there once. <laughs> 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 oh, that's right. This is when you went and knocked on uh, Hugh Hefner's door. hell, <laughs> nah, that was Bodie. That was Bodie. It's a hell of a course. It's a hell of a <laughs> <laughs> course. i I'm looking forward to... <laughs> I'm, good at, I'm looking forward to reliving that and seeing what can happen. But... Um, Mate, just on that, look, there's plenty of news happening around around the world and obviously around New Zealand, mate. Obviously, did you pick this? Smith Having a week crack of it?
4: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Joe Schmidt. I what did you, see Liam, Na- Liam Napier with that little bit of gravy yesterday. Um, mm,
2: he's always got the gravy,
4: too. Oh, so eh? he's just... Oh, he's got his tentacles in everywhere. Just chill out, Liam. Just let everyone just sleep easy, mate. Um, well, I kind of think that you would have been dreaming if you thought that Joe Schmidt wasn't interested in some capacity. And I've spoken about it before, but I did get to spend just a little bit of time with Joe Schmidt earlier this year um, yeah. at Eden Park. And it was the week that the coaches got covid it was actually, yep. the we beat Ireland. It was the, the game we won. It was the first test of the year, and it was totally random, right, because he's the former Irish coach. He's been brought into the All Blacks, and then due to COVID, he was taken over, and he was leading the group. And I could tell, and it, you you would have had to have had your eyes shut and your ears closed to not figure this out. He absolutely was buzzing about his week with the All Blacks, and he loved having just a little bit more influence and I get the impression, reading Liam's work, and as you know more than me on this front, that I think the players have really connected with them, and I think that they are very curious about what his involvement is going to be next year and beyond. And as you know, and as we all know now, player power is huge when these decisions are made. So I think that's yep. probably the most important thing that he has got on, especially with the senior players, and he's an absolutely ripping bloke. So I'm not surprised because... He probably is looking at this saying, Well, why wouldn't it be me?
2: Well, that's that that makes for a fair case as well, because the players they have so much say and and they do tend to persuade the higher the people higher up to, to make a decision, but the thing is that worries me that worries me is if Smith is a part of the, the future for New Zealand rugby, that him and Razor don't really get on. <laughs> I don't really uh, see eye to eye, and and whether Smith would be Razor's assistant, I, I've I've heard mixed reviews on that, and probably tend to say no. So they're both gunning for the same job, and when you've got players that are gunning for Joe Smith, then this just makes for an even harsher situation for for Razor Ray. I look, it actually gets me. I'm a little bit worried that um that Razor's going to get shafted out of all this. Particularly with one, what you know that carry on in the media, media, he's already front footed It was the wrong thing to do, and that has changed plenty of people's perspective on, on, on Razer. Um, Jamie Joe's just been sitting quietly, simmering away, getting his. He's a very clever man. I'm hearing he's very clever at his presentations. No, uh, his way that he approaches as his, his approach to those meetings, to those interviews, so he'll be similar way nicely. And Scott Robinson, who we thought was in the driver's seat, potentially is, um, but then Joe Smith comes in and he's got the backing from the senior players. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 an interesting one, but I think it has to come down to the assistants as well, Louis. Like who would be the the ideal only assistant I've got for Jamie Joseph is Tony Brown I can't really think of any other assistant coaches that potentially would take it on Scott Robinson I've got Jason Holland from the Hurricanes I've got Leon McDonald and then I've got Jason Ryan but then you throw a spanner in the works that Joe Smith has caught up with Jason Ryan and Leon McDonald yeah. as well so they've got to pick it <laughs> so mm, who's who's in the I'll, driving seat here Louis
4: I um, I totally hear you mate. I hear your concerns around Razor and I'm just rereading it again. And you're right. Leo McDonald is going to probably find himself in a bit of a sweat. Well, actually it should be Jason Ryan. Jason Ryan's already in there. He's had his job secured, but these guys are, are we, are we in danger of overcomplicating this? Like players, assistant coaches, boards, really find your head coach and power your head coach let your head coach go about his business and then come back in nine months' time in England have won seven tests and drawn one. Like, we've seen this yep. just play out. <laughs> Baz, Baz, there's a recipe that we've just watched. Imagine if they tried to, I don't know, we'd have to ask Baz, but I highly doubt they tried to, they asked the assistant coaches of the former regime of English cricket what they thought about Baz. You know, find your man, empower your man or your woman if it's that, mm-hmm. but find your person, empower them, and let them figure it out. The, the, the minute you start adding in assistant coaches' swing votes and all of these strange terms like, yeah, player power and all of this stuff, I think we're in That's danger sort of, overcomplicate, of the, overcomplicating the, the,
2: it. The players, the players, like, the, really is a lot of these leader, leader, senior leadership group are, are going to be, Gone anyway in, in a year or two, time you know. So, the, this is building for the future. So, for them having to say, um, that's right, it's yeah, short sighted. I, I probably, yeah, yeah, I probably don't have, I probably don't agree. Like, this is bigger than than the All Blacks, they've got to make a decision yeah. that's going to go take them through yeah. to for like at least six to eight years or something like that. You know, you want someone in the, in the, at the hound for a very long time so they can build their own environment, their own team. So, yeah, everybody has an opinion
4: on this, right. Whose yep. opinion should matter the most, do you think? Like Whose opinion at the end of the day should matter the most, do you think? Um, New Zealand rugby. And who is that, though? Because, like, for punters like myself, we've lost so much faith in New Zealand rugby over this process. Is it Dave yeah. Patsy Reddy? Is it Mark Robinson? Is it... Bailey Mackey, other board wow. members. Like who, who, who is actually the the one voice that we need to look to here? Is it Richie McCaw pulling the
2: – is he the puppeteer? Like, who, <laughs> you know, like who is in charge here? I'd love to get here? Richie in there. Oh, I'd love to get Richie in. That's what I mean. Like, I've got no faith in what they're doing at the top at the moment because we've had mixed messages for a very long time. So it's you don't know who to trust. Are they just saying it to, to just say it, just to make people comfortable and happy? and then going around the other way and in another direction. So I don't know. I don't know who to trust, but I, Dame Patsy has come out, and she's done what we've all wanted and said we're going to announce a coach in four to six weeks' time. So there's clarity, bang, straight up. Mark Robinson's done what Mark has done, and we haven't really achieved anything. So that's where I get a lot of confusion from that. So I'd probably say Dame Patsy Reddy.
4: Oh, I completely agree, Matt. Like, I'm confused as well because I struggle to <laughs> see how – there is not, you'll find, I'm struggling to see how you're going to find somebody that doesn't have an agenda in all of this. Like, mm. go back four years ago, and we, God bless him, Sir Graham Henry, but we mm. know why Razor didn't get the job. And, and, you know, like, there's there's tentacles and there's connections and there's agendas everywhere. Yeah. Players, assistant coaches, board members, everyone. Who do you so want who? to get the job? I, I i want scott robertson to get the job because yeah i wanted scott robertson to get the job four years ago i still think mm. he's the best man and i think through all of this we've just confused ourselves and run ourselves around circles and I think we're about to do it for another month to be honest I, I, <laughs> we're about, I, I think we're about to do this for another month and we might talk ourselves out of them by the end of it which is going to be really hard to cop but I worry I have exactly the same trepidation as you Izzy I completely know mm. where you are going with this and I have had mm. those thoughts as well when I read that article from Liam Napier yesterday I went uh oh it's just starting yeah. to get muddling enough that something stupid might happen again and we'll sit here in four years time me and you and we'll go oh my god do you remember four years? Ago, when we were, when we the beginning of the end started.
2: Yeah, oh, that's that's what's going through my. I'm pretty anxious because I know how much Razor wants us, and, and you know he's stuck around. He's done what's right. Yes, he hasn't coached an international team, but that doesn't put that aside. Like the man's he is a, a great coach. I just I know, mate, and, and that's what you want. You want people and you want players to play for you. People play for him. players play for him. People love him because you don't know what to expect. So it's like it's like energising. You know, he oh. energises you every single day when you see him, but I get, I get it, a sense of fear in me, Louis, that just something's going to come through from right field and knock him straight out and, and sideswipe us all, and then it's Razors no more. And then oh, what? Razors going to shoot enough. off and... Oh, it'll, be of the great it'll be one of the
4: great what-ifs. It'll be a bigger <laughs> what if <laughs> than Robbie Dean's ever was. It, it honestly would be one of the most... It It'll be... I don't even know what we'll think. What will we think? <laughs> we'll, we'll just be like, well, I guess
2: we'll never know. So I can see. We'll that, never that, know. We'll never know. And everyone's coming through. And they're sending plenty of messages through. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can win some all-new ZG23 Ranger golf shoes from Addis. Just let us know who will win the four golf majors of 2023. It's a hell of a statement. And <laughs> to- if anyone gets close to this, while we you go buy a lotto ticket anyway it's 20 past six and it's time for this
4: can't wait, can't wait
2: question wait of, the of the
4: day well um we'll have to get to of these texts because we didn't even ask a question but this is how this is how complicated this has got if you mention all blacks coaches it just lights you up and uh, it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing but it's a scary thing at the same time here's my can't wait question today it completely Left of field But it's very important Happy International Women's Day To all of the wahine in our lives Daisy, Shannon um, Obviously thinking of you Izzy With your late mum uh, My mother, my sisters We've got so many important women in our lives, don't we, mate? And um, it's a a great day today to just get around them and celebrate them. And to start off with a bit of a sporting twist, Daggy, I would love to know who's one of the most influential women in sport in your eyes currently? Who is one of the most influential women in sport doing great things, pulling some strings, doing a hell of a job in your eyes currently. Double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. I know there's so many that we won't get through them all, but I'd love some nominations to read throughout the morning.
2: Yeah, there's plenty out there for sure and I've had a couple spring to mind but I've kind of got to get a, a little bit of detail from yourself just quickly so I can, we can, and we'll come back. I've got a couple of names written down, we'll get to those after this and uh, I'll just give you a little call now just to go through a few things but let us know Double eight, double three. It is happy International Women's Day to all our wahine, who is the most influential woman in sport in your eyes currently. Double eight double three. tempered bedpost text machine. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Welcome back. The text machine is absolutely flying on double eight double three. tempered bedpost text machine. Keep those messages coming through. We'll get through them shortly, but we can't wait. Question of the day. It's International Women's Day, so... A big shout out to all those lucky women in your lives—people that are your mothers, your sisters, your partners, your daughters. It is their day, so make sure you spoil them. Who is the most influential woman in sport in your eyes currently? For me, Louis, the first name that sprung to my mind—I think is probably the first name on everyone's mind, really, because I've gone through and I was a bit unsure, and I went through and I. Topped in you know blah blah what most influential people in the sport this name was at the top of every article I read, Serena Williams, sure serena williams, just just with what she's done in, in tennis, obviously being a um, you know being a black from America and dominating the sport for so much so many years, and what she's done she changed the guard so she was one of the first names that sprung to my mind, Serena Williams, and then another one, my good friend, Lydia Co in the Golfing World. She's just flying. But I know you've got a different approach because obviously they're part of the sport, they are playing the sport, but there's obviously influential people that change sport that are, you know, from an outsider's view looking in. So for you, mate, what have you gone to? Well, uh, I I think that one actually that kind of segues into the
4: conversation we've just had is Dr. Wharapama, or Dane, Dr. now, um she's just had an incredible role to play in the transformation of women's rugby in New Zealand and women's yeah. sport and she has really paved the way and she's on New Zealand rugby board right now and she's got a huge part to play in the transitioning period of New Zealand rugby over the next few while doesn't she i mean you must in in footballing circles she must have a huge amount of respect from well everyone really right
2: yeah yeah she is very, very good at what she does. And she'll be very happy with the current state of women's rugby at the moment. Like, she is absolutely flying in Super Rugby, old picky and the Black Ferns. They, they are going re- extremely well. And you can get an understanding why they are constantly getting uh, a female perspective on the New Zealand Rugby Board. So far, Palmer would be a good one. I know you've got another one as well in, in another industry. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of women that are currently at
4: the, the absolute peak of their powers, and she's been around for a very, very long time, but right now she is still right up there. And this is Australia, but it does extend to New Zealand. And I, I would love for there to be, and there are some amazing young, uh, well, amazing horse woman in New Zealand full stop. Your Lisa Ladders, um, your Dawn Williams's, your Lisa Allpress's, Sam Spratt's you think of Holly, when you, I can't, now I've named a few, you always feel like you're going to leave some out, and I have, so that's not, I'm not just limiting to that, there's amazing horsewoman in New Zealand, but Gay Waterhouse has come through a legacy of her father, um, Tommy Smith, over in Australia, she has come from one of the most powerful racing families, and she has grown it, and I think Gay Waterhouse's Group 1 record is I actually don't want to guess, I don't even want to say the number because I could be way off, but it is, it's is—it's something astronomical and she's one of the most powerful people in racing in Australia and New Zealand full stop. She with Adrian Bott nowadays trains so many Group 1 winners, they love New Zealand they always buy horses at our Karaka sales and she is as important to racing in Australia as Chris Waller. So when you put it in that setting and knowing who she is, I think Gay Waterhouse is extremely influential in racing um, and I would like to give a shout out this is a woman gone by as Ian Racing, Linda Jones, the first woman to be granted a race license in New Zealand in 1977. New Zealand Racing Hall of Fame inductee, New Zealand Sport Hall of Fame inductee, 65 wins within 18 months. She was the first female to beat professional male entrants in Australian vent and the first woman to ride a Derby winner in each of Europe, Australian, North American continents. Linda Jones is a legend oh.
2: of New Zealand sport that many people probably don't know about. Beautiful. Linda Jones. I've never even heard of her. So there you go. Learning something every single day. Well done. Thanks, Louie. Uh, just quick message from Joey. Billie Jean King, who changed the face of women's tennis with the famous nine ladies who took a $1 sponsorship and started the WTA. She was the driver for change as men were getting paid and women were not. She is the reason. Women have a professional tour. She is a legacy powerhouse and social activist for woman, and amazing lady. Joe from Gizzy. what a great message. Thank you so much for sending that through. Mate, keep those messages coming through. We've got plenty to get through. And we've got some headlines coming up with Joey B. But before then, it is our honour to welcome in. Here he is. Here's Ruben with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. There he is, Ruben, coming in off the back fence and keeping us up to date with the news. Thank you, Ruben. It's time for Headlines with Joe, brought to you by Bunnings Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Joey B, how you doing?
3: I'm doing well. Is he still hurting? I didn't get it at Harry Styles, but that's okay. So yeah, time for some quick headlines. Fans may still be talking about the miracle at the Basin, but the Black Caps are already on to the next challenge as they face Sri Lanka tomorrow in their first Test at Hagley Oval. Tim Saly spoke with media about refocusing their attentions. Oh, the guys enjoyed that, and and so they should. It was a, a great Test match to be a part of, and, and 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 a match that I'd imagine be talked about for for many years to come. So the guys, uh, yeah, just. Uh, Really enjoyed uh, what, what was a, a great five days in the end, just a great crowd um, and, and what was a great test match. So um, yeah, but like we, we tend to do, our, our focus will, will now shift to, to this series and, and what's, what's gone is gone. Um, and, and again, we'll probably reflect back on it uh, in time, but, but our focus will now shift to the, to the Sri Lankan series. Yeah, and uh, Warriors winning a Dalian the Zalizniak is set to miss three games for the Warriors after being scrubbed out from their opening game due to a calf injury suffered in the trial against the Storm. So, Edward Cossey will retain his spot on the right wing for the time being. And as Ruben just said in his news, boys, Severe has been suspended for one game after making a throat-sling gesture towards an opponent, but apparently it is a combination of the gesture and the yellow card. Those are your headlines. Thanks to tra- uh, Bunnings Trade, Trades and Builders. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass.
2: Thank you, Joey B. Appreciate that little update. Some headlines as well, my friend. We've got heaps of messages to get through, Louis. so we'll rip through a couple, won't we? Here we go, from Ken. Joe Smith, must be AB coach, in my opinion. So much experience, and players really rate him. Cheers, Ken. There you go, Ken. I know Joe's, from what I'm hearing, Joe's a very, 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 very good head coach. Very good head coach. Assistant, probably, you know, not, Not not non assistant. You know how some coaches can be a head coach? They can't really be an assistant. I think that's the same with with Joe Smith. So Joe, if he's going to get the job, he'll be head coach or he'll be nothing because I can't see him being an assistant coach. So appreciate that message, Ken. Another one from Chris. Def, they're only announcing the new coach before the World Cup because it's Razors, right? He wouldn't do that for any other coach. That is from Chris. What do you reckon there, Louis?
4: Not necessarily, I think it would make perfect sense for them to announce Joe Schmidt as their successor successor, considering he's already part of the group and he understands the processes whether you whether that's enough of a clean cut, when did Joe Schmidt come in uh before the Irish series? series? yeah, yep. is that enough of i mean like let's not beat around the bush also last year was the darkest year of all blacks rugby, and maybe ever or is that dramatic? Well, it was pretty bad, Like, let's remind ourselves what we were doing after all Black's test. It was three day post long post mortems and as he it was it was really hard it was tough for yeah. former players and for fans like we do need a there needs to be a seismic change somewhere doesn't there
2: There has to be change i've been asking, i've been saying that for for a while now there has to be some change um you know uh, in the coaching even just Just some stimulation. You know, when you've been doing the same thing for a very, very long time, you know, you just need some sort of stimulation. You need something that will just get you out of bed every day. Mm -hmm. That's something new. Otherwise, when it's the same, same, everyone out there in their their chosen work, chosen profession, other than probably being a a surgeon or orthopedic because that's life or death. But everyone, if, if it's the same routine every day, I know this is for me, it can get pretty repetitive, and you're gonna you're gonna probably you know cut a few corners, or you're gonna you know you're probably gonna just cast it. You know you 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 are gonna clean the windows, but you ain't cleaning the sides, in the corners, you ain't getting real deep into the detail, because it just gets the same same, and you're hearing the same voices, so. Um, people are probably saying that about this job and me in the same in this chair for a couple of years now. <laughs> so look, it, it is one of those things. When your time's up, you've got to move on and you've got to bring a bit of stimulation, a bit of energy, and different ideas. And I think that's what the All Blacks need and are after right now. And they are going to make that change, which is good. Uh, whether who it is, Munch or so, Chris is sending another message as well. You want to read that message, Louis?
4: Yeah bugs me, it always bugs me players having a say in their coaches' appointments players should be only concerned about playing their best footy to put their own case forward for selection, do you think there's a bit of apprehension around a Crusaders coach not many have gone on to be successful head coaches at test level interesting um, not sure about the Crusaders side of Nothing, it, who, who, who has gone on, I mean Robbie Deans who else has gone on Wayne, Wayne Smith, Smith. Yeah, that was kind of unfair. See. Yeah. Did Hansen coach, coach Crusaders outright? Um, yeah. No, well, Chris's point around Canterbury. the players is, is... Yeah, yeah, Canterbury, that's right. Really interesting. You know, like, in the NBA, you see this quite a lot, player power, and, you know, Kevin Durant tried to get Steve Nash rolled. Didn't work. Then they ended up rolling Steve Nash, and the whole net situation blew up in their face anyway. It does happen from time to time. I mean... I don't know. It's a question for you, not me, is he Like can a player yeah. be truly oh. objective while they need to be
2: while they're looking for selection? C- certain players can. Certain players can. So I am go if D C Richie and-, and Rito, yes, they'd probably have more power than anyone. hundred percent. But at the moment Sam Whitelock's, you know, in his last year. You got Bowden Barrett potentially gonna leave. Dane Cole's retired. So you you look at those, those are probably our three most influential. Aaron Smith's off to overseas. So there's four of probably our most capped players, you know, over a hundred tests there that are leaving. So well, whether they, they have a say, you got Sam Kane. Sam Kane will have a say because, and Sam Kane will have, you know, his probably best interests at heart and and what he wants the the team to be, which is fair enough. That's his team. Um, but the thing is, those players are moving on. You know, so you you take them out of the picture, and you do what's right for the for the future of New Zealand rugby. That's what you should decide with, not because mm. because when you're a player, you wanna you want you want to do what's right for for you. Let's be honest, we are we are individuals, and we are players that want to look after our own backyard. That's the reality of sport. You gotta look after number one, and a lot of these players' focus will probably potentially be like that. They want to look after number one, and that's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing at all. But this is their future. This is their opportunity. And I get a sense that if someone else comes in that potentially hasn't got them in their favour, they're going to try and persuade it. So um, I think New Zealand rugby just got to make the decision. Yes, they'll they'll get some knowledge from other players and they'll they'll talk to them. But the underlying decision has to come on come from within, and they've got to make that decision. I feel makes perfect
4: sense, mate. One question that I have, which I'd love to get answered before the job is announced, the um, yep. is who is the king or queen maker? Like, who is the, who's actually when the chips go down? Is he who is the most influential voice in this process? And is it Dame Patsy ready? That's one question I don't. We're not going to be able to answer today, but that's something I would love to find out.
2: Yeah, we'd love to find out. We'll do some digging. You go down the hallway, Joe B, and you get your little rat on and go and have a listen and see what's going on, all right? We're going to shoot off. We're going to come back with Quizzy Dag. 0800-150-811 to take on me, the quizmas Louie Louis and what if you get stuck, he'll give you a wee hand. $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. Call now. Ooh. Bang, we're running a bit behind time here, so we'll rip straight into it. Ed from Tolega, good morning. Good morning, brother.
5: Good morning, Izzy. Good
2: Morena. Morning, morning. Morena. Morena to you. How you doing, mate? Hope you're doing well. Yes, we'll get ripped straight into it, all right? Here we go. Question number one. Justin Turner has been hit in the face by a fastball during a spring training game and needed 16 stitches. Who does he play for? MBL. No, sorry, mate. MLB, oh, sorry.
0: Boy. I'm out, I'm out. Okay, Ed. All good, oh,
2: good. Ed. You have a good day, mate. We're going go to get a Brett from Huntley. Morning, Brett. Morena, brother. Boston. Morena. Boston. Red Sox. Well done. Wish number two. The Highlanders have had a tough start to the Super Rugby Pacific season with two big losses. Named either of the other two teams that have lost both opening games. Uh, the Rebels. Rebels is correct. Question number three oh, We got the will <laughs> be a tough one for the landers. Sri Lanka uh, that's currently game sits that we did Oh dear, you reckon? No chance. Alright I don't reckon, mate. Chiefs, Chiefs will bump them. Anyway, Sri Lanka, currently sixth-third on the World Test Championship table ahead of Thursday's first test. What team currently sits in fourth?
3: I'll say uh, South Africa.
2: South Africa Ooh. is correct. Well done. Here we go. Question number four. The Penrith Panthers are defending NRL champions as they've won the last two editions of the tournament. Who was the last side to win two in a row before them? Four. Uh, The Chooks. Sydney Roosters is correct. (laughs) Question number five. How many points do Arsenal lead Man City by at the top of the Premier League table?
6: Oh, last time I
3: checked
2: it was five, so I'll go with five. <laughs> oh my goodness,
6: <laughs> yes, <I'm a> <laughs> you,
2: bro! You have just pumped this quiz. Sorry to everyone else that well thought they had a chance, but a hungry Brett came through and just bounced on it. Wow, wait, uh, That, pretty boy.
5: That Highlanders game, that Highlanders game, bro. That's are you worried? That... Yeah, bro. Because this is always a game that a Chiefs team will drop when we should we should pump a team and we don't, bro.
7: And if we want to be considered genuine title contenders, we can't
5: afford to drop these games when we're paying dollar seventeen mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because it's happened before. I trust me, I've been there and watched it. <laughs> 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 and oh given right, them the <laughs> <Brett>. <laughs> <laughs> them and, well, and I've given them the double uh, pizza from the stands.
2: I can't see it happening, but anyway, you've lost faith, and I can't believe I'm hearing it. You have a good day, Brett. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was Quizzy Dag. Same time tomorrow. We're going to shoot off, and we'll read through a couple of these messages. <laughs> Plenty of messages on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Double eight, double three. one from Brett, who actually just annihilated Quizzy Dag. Well done, Brettie. But he's talking influential woman in sport. May not be on an international scale, but a wahine with a huge sporting influence over many people, including myself, friend of the show, Hebert Te Aos Skipworth from uh, Iron Maori, which is uh, a wonderful thing. My mum was part of that in the Hawke's Bay, so I totally agree there, Brett. Thank you for sending that message through. Another one here from Ed. and Noelene, we trust brothers for efforts with New Zealand netball, Aussie netball, and playing for Magic and Silver Ferns. Ed, great suggestion regards to that as well so uh, another one from Richard we we're talking rugby as well Louie earlier on in the show a few of the senior players are playing for the Crusaders so could there be a split with Razor and them doubtful is there a split with the AB camp then possibly also interesting that Dame Patsy delivered the message regarding the coaching setup getting Robbo out of the spotlight bit of a subtle move there by NZR to keep Help get everyone off his back from Richard. Yes, very, very smart play there from New Zealand NZR. And all on here from JJ. Lads, has player power gone too far? I think it's been overcomplicated. Most of our senior players are either retiring. Or heading overseas next year. This is about who the next gen players want to play for, and inspired by not the past ones. Empower the new coach, who will transform our stake style of play and take us forward. This is about transformation, not consensus. Yes, JJ, bang on, JJ. Great text message. Great message. Thank you so much, JJ. The be the message of the morning. Keep them coming. Double eight, Quick one before we shoot off from Joe Moreno, boys. If players have sway in coach selection, it's a no contest with 18 All Blacks in his squad plus future All Blacks. Jamie Joseph and Brownie can stay with Japan as they have achieved nothing. Joe Smith spending one week one week with the All Blacks is nothing. He has a very sick son whom they moved home for. So it's a little hypocrisy if he keeps, gives up the island and then takes on the All Black job. Robinson is the All Blacks coach. There you go. Michael Hendry coming up talking golf. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Kizzy and Kempi for breakfast SCNZ just after 7 o'clock. What a big hour that was. Get them going with a coaching topic and they start firing tacks left, right, and centre. So good. Absolutely love it. We were talking golf earlier on in the show and there's been some great messages coming through. Louis, I know you've picked your four winners of the majors. Who you got? John Rahm can't go through this year
4: without winning a major. It cannot possibly happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that... Although he's tearing it up in America on the PGA Tour at the moment, the Open this year is his, if he can really put the bit between his teeth and knuckle down. So that's the last one. Uh, The Masters, the one that's closest to us, Cam Smith already said that. I just think his skill set absolutely dials itself in for the Augusta, the Tricky Greens, uh, the Undulations, just how clever of a scientist he is when it comes to those shorter clubs. US Open... Scotty Scheffler, he can go low, but he can play tough golf. I think Scotty Scheffler's got a bit of mongrel in him. And a first-time major winner this year of the PGA Championship at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. Let's crown Will Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris.
2: (laughs) Zalatoris, you reckon? Zalatoris, he's been close. He was close at the at the PGA last year when uh, Mito Pereira absolutely choked it. So anyway, I love that. I love that. I've gone US Open, Max Homer, Masters, yeah. John Rahm, PGA, Scotty Scheffler, and the Open, McIlroy, Rory, <sighs> to get one, get back on the winners circuit. Anyway, that's enough of. Talking about them, mate, because we don't need to look any further than our very own backyard to find a champion golfer. I absolutely love this bloke. He's a bloody good man. The drought has continued for Kiwi golfers trying to get their hands on the seemingly elusive NZ Golf Open trophy as this year it was a regular competitor, Aussie Brendan Jones, who came home strongest. There were Kiwis chasing hard through... With Ben Campbell finishing in second and the last Kiwi to hoist the silverware, Michael Hendry right there in a the tie for sixth. This comes hot off the back of claiming his fourth title on the PGA Tour of Australasia and his first in six years only a couple of weeks ago, winning the Men's Vic Open title by four shots. He's a champion for trying to save my driver, also. Mike, how are you doing, brother?
4: How are you, mate? You all good?
2: Oh, good. I'm just trying to relive. Um, Certain shots from the open, the driver was on on fine form, I must say. That little tip, what was that tip you gave me? Just that little club head kind of get your hips moving? Uh, it worked wonders.
6: Yeah, it's all about club head, mate. You get the club face square um, <laughs> and you're good to go. So that's all to do with um, making sure the hips clear out of the way rather than using your hands to try and square the, square the face up there. Yeah.
2: Oh, mate, it worked wonders. But anyway, I can't hit for show, sure, pup for dough. That is my mantra when it comes to golfing with Dag. But uh, let's talk about your game, mate. Obviously, you started the round with uh, one over, and then you came home. We had a 65 65 68, mate. What, what, what clicked after a pretty tough old start?
6: I think, to be honest, mate, on Thursday, I just tried a bit too hard. Um, mm-hmm. I had obviously been playing pretty well after coming off a win a couple of weeks prior. Um, I think expectations, you know, really wanted to try and win the event, probably just was, was trying a bit too hard and, and didn't sort of allow things to just happen. Uh, and then once I kind of got over myself a little bit, halfway um, through the back nine on Thursday, things started to click back into, into gear.
2: So do, do you do a lot of work on that, Mike Hendrick? I know because... In team sport, we can rely on others to, to help us get out of that little moment and, you know, get out of that little situation. But you've only got your, yourself and you maybe got your caddy that's, that's happy along the way. So do you do a lot of work on the mental side of the game?
6: Yeah, I do. Um got a couple of guys I do mental work with, so um, they're obviously really helpful just to bounce ideas off. But I think um, just experiencing it before, um, golf, you know, in a lot of ways, you've got such a long career in golf, you can you can apply these sort of learnings um, for long periods of time, whereas maybe in a shorter career, it's harder to sort of gain the experience over time. So, you know, I've had this situation happen a few times before where I'm just trying a bit too hard. And it can be hard to pull yourself back and get yourself back into a zone where you're, you know, you're more sort of just focused on on the process rather than the outcome. Um but that's that's pretty much all it comes down to, trying to get focused back on on how to do things rather than what's happening in terms of the score.
2: Me, the golfers comes down to fine margins, you know, like a little centimetre here or there of, of making a part, missing a part or missing the green. So those fine margins, they make a hell of a lot of difference when it comes to the game of golf. For you trying to is there any of those margins that you're really trying to execute? Like you've started the season you've had five straight cuts, so you've made the cut in every event, you've had a win, you've had a tied six, so you, your form is there or thereabouts, so your confidence is it, what what are you trying to work on, those fine margins?
6: Well, I think over a period of time, particularly when you're playing well what you find is there's these little thoughts that you can rely on and you gain confidence in, in each and every part of your game, so is uh, at the moment I've just got a couple of, of little things that I'm working on, and and um, will practice hard in my full swing. Um, I've got a couple yeah. of little keys that I'm, I'm working on in my short game, and the same in my putting. So when you play well, it seems easy to find those. It seems easy to find those keys, but um, when you're playing poorly, it, it, you know you you seem to be searching all the time for those little process things that you're working on to try and allow you to to play the game you want to play.
2: Yeah, I was just pointing at myself. I'm constantly searching for something in my golf game, so I'm just <laughs> struggling. It's a hell of a frustrating the game. Oh, <laughs> mate,
6: it's,
2: it's bloody frustrating. The most frustrating game I've ever played, but I absolutely love it. Just takes out one shot. Let's talk about this event. Like, why is it so hard? For, like, you're our last Kiwi to win the event, and that was 2017. Like, what? Why is it so hard for us Kiwis to get back in the winner's circle with our own event? I'm, I'm sick of these bloody Aussies winning it. <laughs> <laughs> it
6: just comes down to strength of field, mate. These guys are so good, right? Like, it's not that they're any better than us, but just strength of numbers, yep. right? So, being a small country, we've got some really great players and you've just got to look at the field. Without, um, Obviously, Foxy wasn't there last week, but um, mm. all the rest of the best were there. Um, Steve Alka, Dan Hillier, Benny Campbell, you know we've got plenty of really good players, but you know you can you can triple that number or even quadruple that m- number from Australia who play at the same level, and then you've got the guys coming down from Japan who you know no one knows about down here, but I play with them all the time, and these guys are superstars. And then you've got the guys coming over from the Asian tour. Just just um, sheer strength of field makes it really difficult for for anyone to win, let alone a New Zealander. So um, it's just tough, mate. Winning golf tournaments is really hard, and until until you figure out how to do it, you don't realise actually how hard it is.
4: Hey, Ma- Mike, you've had a, a wonderful career, as you point out, um, over a long period of time now. Because, and as you said, you've been able to develop and add things to your game over a long period of time. If you think about when you started to the situation that New Zealand golf or, or the sport in this country finds itself in now, I assume that. It's a lot different, um, A, from accessibility and, and B, from, I guess, performance. We're kind of in this bit of a golden era. Do you think we're doing enough to capitalise on that, to make it easier for the next Michael Hendries and Steve Alkers when they do come through and show quite a bit of promise that they can kick on? And I'm certain you've probably gone through your um, struggles to get to this point in your career, but are, are we doing enough to make it easier for the next gen? Um, it's
6: something that they're constantly talking about. I actually had a a good conversation to um, a man named Norm Thompson who's on the board of New Zealand Golf last week and he he asked that exact question of what more can we be doing for the young guys to ensure that we have uh, guys coming from the elite amateur game and and being successful on the professional um, tours around the world. And it's a a difficult situation. You know, you you test the waters, you make the wrong decision, you go backwards. Um, Mm. You know, you know, and everyone, every country is trying their, their different ways of doing things. We obviously don't have a college system over here like they do in America, which is a huge breeding ground for this sort of stuff. So it's hard to um, it's hard to really put in put your finger on exactly what needs to be done. But they're always investigating it. And um, you know, from when I was a younger man, and I didn't uh, play a lot of amateur golf, so I did, wasn't part of the system. But from what I saw on from the outside, it's Changed a lot from the way they they do things back then to what they do now. So um, they're always thinking about it, and it's constantly on the forefront of their mind. So um, you know, you just got to try, and I suppose it's trial by error in a lot of ways. You um, you come up with an idea, you give it a run and see whether it works. If it does, you stick with that, and then you come up with another idea on how to um, how to improve another area of the game it's, it's much like getting better at golf, to be Yeah
2: well, that's, that's very hard. Very hard to get better at golf in my my shoes. But when you talk about evolving, Mike, when you talk about evolving, where would you love to see the New Zealand premier, uh, Golf Open be? Well, uh, where would you love to see this golf tournament get? It is our premier golf tournament. It is, for me, it is our Masters down under. You absolutely love it. But to, to get better and to evolve, what would you like to see the tournament at?
6: In what terms, mate? In terms of strength of field. In terms of strength of
2: field, would you purse, like in terms of trying to encourage uh, players from up north, would you love to see them link up with the European tour, get status? I know they're part of the Asian tour, I'm thinking. So would they have a link with another tour so it gives you status points?
6: Yeah, obviously at the moment we've got that link, that co-sanctioning is what they call it, um, with the Asian tour. Um, yep. which is good, and the Asian mm-hmm. Tour is growing, which is, which is great. So um, guys will get opportunities by playing the New Zealand Open on the Asian Tour. Um, but to to be perfectly honest, the only way it's going to end up on one of the major tours, let's say, Europe or, or even America, is purely prize pool. Um, it's nothing to do with the running of the event or the golf course or anything like that. Um, yeah. I think they do an amazing job down there. It's just you know, I've played a lot of golf tournaments now and, and it's probably the yeah. best run golf tournament um, I've ever played in bar the British Open. Um, the British Open is wow. very different in the way it's run, you know, it's just an absolute circus. The size of the thing is just overwhelming. <laughs> so um, you know, they do such a great job. The golf course is magnificent. The the venue's great, you know, in terms of being in Queenstown, the atmosphere, there's everything is there in place to make this one of the elite events around the world. It's just purely will come down to sponsors and being able to get the prize pool up big enough that you can attract one of the major tours to come down and pick it up as a as a co-section event. Yeah,
2: that nah, love it. Love it, Mike. Um, and, and what what's next for you, mate? What have you got coming up in the next couple of weeks, couple
6: of months? Yeah, well, today I'm... Uh, I'm off to Gulf Harbour to do some practice for the New Zealand PGA, which starts tomorrow. um, up at Gulf Harbour, so it's another Australasian tour event. Um, And then Monday I'll be heading to uh, the New South Wales Open. And then from there I'm heading up to Japan for a few weeks to play some tournaments up there. And then I'll probably be back home middle of April. And, um, you know, from there we'll we'll just sort of see how the year pans out schedule-wise. I'll probably need to take a bit of time off by then because I'm going to be about... 12 out of 14 weeks or something where I've been playing. So, yeah, probably take
4: a a few weeks off and and reassess the schedule from there. Yeah, it's a big workload. Well, go rattle the cage. You've won the Vic Open. Go take the New South Wales Open. Get some revenge since they keep raiding our (laughs) tournament, Mike. That's all all we can can ask. (laughs) Hey, uh, now... We have been asking our listeners this year, it's quite unfair of us, but it's a great prize. We've got a a pair of these new Adidas ZG23 golf shoes to give away this morning. So we're asking our listeners to name the four major winners of the golf (laughs) majors this year. And it would be utterly unfair of us to ask them and not ask you, Mike. So do you have a couple of names you throw out of who you think might win the uh, majors this year? I'll follow you in,
6: mate. I'll put it on the tab, Mike. (laughs) <laughs> Let's going to look here, and Masters. I think I think Rory's due for the Masters. <gasps> oh. um, I think it's I think it's Rory's year to get the slam. Um, okay. I'd say Ram PGA. Yeah, love it. Yep. Ram British Open. Oh yes, boy. And. Ooh, gosh, this is a tough one. Declare it. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna
0: throw it out there.
2: Tiger U.S. Open. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Tiger, <laughs> Tiger Woods. One for the old fellas. Well, good. That? <laughs> that is loose, mate. That'll be, be will that be paying a million bucks for one dollar on the tab. That is a hell of a punt. Oh, there you go, Tiger Woods U.S. Open, Rory McIlroy to complete the Grand Slam. I saw Louie go. No chance. PGA, PGA. You got Ram, and then the Open. You got Ram. So back-to-back majors for John Rahm this year. Hey, Mark Hendry, we appreciate you coming on, mate. We'll let you go get into your practice. Thanks so much for all your help yesterday on the on the range. I know you're busy, but I sat there watching you. Range and oh my god, class, just a little nice little draw. <laughs> so, so good, mate. So pure. Thanks so much, and well done on last week's uh event over the weekend. A tied six, you'd be proud of that. Cheers, all the best for the future. But awesome. there he is, Michael Hendry talking golf, mate. He's one of the good guys. I'm an absolute golf fan fanatic. And I was yeah. just sitting there, he gave me a little tip, and then I just went down. I sat behind him on the range for about thirty minutes and just watched them flush it. And I was just like and just their movements, like their body movement is just perfect. Every single time it doesn't change their their finishing shot, their, their back pose, like they're oh <sighs> Isn't it one of those things with like golf is
4: it is you are good at like I am so for me watching you play golf is for me is like a say what thirty thirty handicap or whatever. Watching you play golf, I go, gee whiz, man, Izzy can absolutely flush it. You go watch Michael Hendry play golf and you're like, yeah. oh my God. Michael Hendry goes and watch Ryan Fox play golf probably or probably you know, goes yeah. and watches um John Rahm play golf and he's like, Oh my like that is some yeah. sort of swing. Isn't it incredible the tears how good you can get and it's one of those games that you will never master and the
2: levels that there are to it. It's just the golfers like the 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 difference like from from me to a professional golfer like I can hit a, the old good shot and I'm like wow and my technique will be perfect but for a professional golfer their technique and their swing and their their swing paths their finish their arch you know the way that they finish and rest their hips their back arch like everything's perfect every single time and that's why they don't um they don't miss, mate. the flexibility on these players is, must be. Out the gate, like he was telling me to do the shot, and I was like, Well, Hendo, my my hips don't move <laughs> like that, mate. Like, honestly, I can't open up my hips and go with the arch back, like, I'm that tight, it is, it is impossible. So, ah, oh, there you go, John Ram winning two, op- uh, uh, PGA in the open. John, yeah, I know mine, dude. I've told you my name, uh, Sheffler McElroy, yeah, Homer, and Ram.
4: That's the tip sheet from Michael Hendry. and um, that's a that's not a paid tipping service. That's S-E-N-Z is in Kimpy for breakfast, so you can thank us later. But double eight, double three, we've got a. I'm do you look kidding. a kidding. Oh, I mean, yeah, might <laughs> have like sunk was,
2: him. <laughs> Everything he, was looking good to me. He looked, like, he then, he looked like, it? like a genius if he wins it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Holy, I'm gonna go have a look at this on the tab. We're gonna shoot off. I've got a little um. A little bomb squad coming up as well. So we'll shoot off. That was Michael Hendry. You're listening to Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance.
1: Izzy's Bomb Squad.
2: A team that has always had the underdog status, but has carried that tag with pride and used it as motivation. The Landers, the Highlanders. Now, I'm sure they'll be better and will show more fight than what they've shown over the previous weeks. But the depth and cavalry at their disposal is a worrying sign. Four out of five Super Rugby teams in New Zealand are oozing with talent and depth. And it's got me thinking, where has the Highlanders got it so wrong? 2015, they became Super Rugby champions and Atlanta Foundations have Footprint. For what it is to be a Highlander man. Fast forward seven years and multiple coaches and personnel changes. We have a real struggling outfit that is struggling to encourage players to stay and be a part of their future. Isaiah Punivai, prime example of someone who was there but wasn't in their long-term future. And has moved on to sit in the stands at the Chiefs. Manaki Shelby Rickett, the same. I get a sense that the Landers have lost an opportunity of what they, after what they achieved in 2015 and are now at square one. Shafi Haki sitting in the stands for the Crusaders. Macca Springer. Look, I'm a Crusaders man through and through, but when I see the quality sitting in the stands around the country, it makes me wonder if the NZRU and the power they supposedly have will step in and potentially encourage players to look around. I get a sense that gone are the days of players wanting to play and the reality is that winning environment a winning environment is more beneficial for their future ninjira you need to still a season loan or early trade windows this could be a solution that could potentially help the situation that they have would that be something that you could look to a early trade a loan a potential for these players to head over and play some rugby elsewhere Look, we're in a situation where sport in this country, particularly with super rugby, is struggling. We want to see our best players plan week in, week out. I do feel for the landers.
0: Get it away to Dan, to
1: Izzy's bomb squad. Would you
2: loan? Trade? Something? Like that. Louis, look at this. Like you got quality. And I know these, these teams, they build Depth in their squads for a reason because there's going to be injuries. But these players sitting in the stands, and you're thinking, "Well, the landers down there can't even put a sh- quality side out." It's and it's, it's it's a pretty dire situation. Would you would you love to see something like that?
4: Of course, I think alone is a brilliant idea. I think it's a great idea. I just don't know if there's enough incentive for the other teams to take part in Super Rugby Pacific. Like the competition's so congested, it's so tight. How are you going to incentivise the other teams to send players and that's someone a sports administrator smarter than me to come up with that idea and that incentive base. Um, Otherwise, we need to start implementing like a a lottery draft sort of situation where the Highlanders can fill up their stocks on the other end. I mean, if they're going to finish this year with a handful of wins and uh, mostly hidings well then they need to be able to have first pick of the talent coming out next year and the other teams might say well no that's their competitive advantage if it's recruiting or if it's setting high standards so players want to play there correct it's the argument me and you used for the crusaders sure but do you want a happy healthy competition and can you see the bigger picture how do we help the highlanders get first pick of the talent the young Izzy Dags, yeah. Well, that was fortunate because the Hurricanes let you go by. We know that. That's uh, we don't need to rewrite history there. But how do we give them a head start if this is going to be a-, a dangerous trend? At the same time, we don't want to write them off after two weeks. And oh, Brett reckons that there yeah. are a chance this weekend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. But yeah, it's, a, it's interesting. We've got to shoot off. We'll come back and we'll get we'll get some more reaction. I think we got a little bit more. Like you, you think of Quinn Strange, you got Mitch Dunche, you got locking galores at the Crusaders that are just sitting there and not getting in the game time. I think the the Hons would absolutely love it. Headlines with Joe coming up, but before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's time for Headlines with Joe, brought to you by Ken Arts High. Make your job easy, kenarts.co.nz. Joey B.
3: UEFA uh, is set to refund all Liverpool fans who had tickets for the 22 Champions League final in Paris. Fans were pinned in and sprayed with tear gas outside the stadium. UEFA said they bear primary responsibility for the chaotic scenes, and this is the least they can do. Uh, to pay the Liverpool fans back. Also, boys, um, the Black Caps will, as I mentioned before, we'll play a highly motivated Sri Lankan test side tomorrow at Hagley Oval. Angelo Matthews talked about what's at stake for the Sri Lankan side.
2: We know that we've got to win both the games to, to be in the final and we have to play really good cricket. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Beating New Zealand, the Kiwis uh, in New Zealand, it's going to be a huge task, but we certainly can. I mean, last time we played some good cricket over here. It's just that we didn't get over the line, but uh, hoping to do so this time.
3: And speaking of cricket boys, more than a decade since the competition was last delivered, the Women's North vs South T20 series is back. It's this uh, this weekend in Lincoln. The three-match series has been reintroduced to provide greater playing opportunities for promising young female players. It'll, it'll now become an annual event. Uh, that's your sports update with Ken Attire, making your job easy to talk to someone who has taken the Ken oath today.
2: Thank you, Joey B. Appreciate it, mate. And uh, just a quick message from Charles. He's come through and said, Landers have poached a handful of Auckland 1A players over the last couple of years maybe need to accelerate their development. of course, they say they went down there for university. That's from Charles. Um, Well, Joey B, uh, Joe Willock was on yesterday, wasn't he, Louis? And he said, look, it might be time to just... Chuck them in yep. there, and, and, and that's the situation they got at the moment. You know, build them for the future. This is going to be a pretty difficult time, but the only way to get better is test them at, at the highest level. And look, it might, people are a bit worried about confidence. Look, you just got to just get them out there and, and experience it. They've got experience around them. It's, they're not going out there with just amateurs everywhere. They've got players yeah. that have played the game for a very long time that are going to be part of it. Um, so I reckon so, but you touched on that, the trade, the draft, like how good would that be? We've been asking, talking about this for years, a mm-hmm. drafting system in Super Rugby, and then you'll be able to throw in mm-hmm. a loan, you'll be able to trade for that draft pick and one, like how good would that be? I know it's been spoken about the, plenty. Is that a viable option? Lily?
4: it is. It is a hundred percent. It is because we have a feeder competition called the MPC, where you mm. get first look mm. at these players. I would also. Do you know what I would also do? I would make it compulsory. And this is this is um, what happens for ninety-eight percent of the time already. These high school stars they would have to play a full mm. season of MPC before they can be eligible for the Super Rugby draft, which is yep. something that should be obvious. It would give. This isn't about the Highlanders, is it? It's about Moana Pacifica. Mm as well Mm. Um, I don't know whether you could include Fiji and maybe you would do a similar draft in the Australian competition is this about looking after New Zealand's backyard or is this about looking after rugby in the Pacific that would be a question for the Super Rugby Pacific um, uh, bosses and, and bigwigs but I think a draft would be possible. The other thing is, if you're not willing to do a draft, well, preferential selection, let's say um, that the, the players, yes, you're taking the choice out of their hands a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's a competition. They're going to get paid handsomely, and, and they're still going to get the same opportunity. I'd give the teams that finish lower, especially if they're going to get gapped by the yeah, rest of the New Zealand definitely. sides, give them preference at choosing the NPC stars and giving them Super Rugby contracts, at least get them in a room with the Highlanders before, let's say, the Crusaders or the Chiefs or the Blues already have them signed up before they even get a chance.
2: Mm, I love it. Absolutely love it. Like, yeah, the Crusaders, they'll be bottom of those picks. They won't even have a chance to, to make that pick. And I do like it. you got to look after the whole competition as a whole, not just... Our own backyard. I, I, I just get a bit worried, like, with the Fiji and the uh, Plenty of those players knowing what's at their disposal in their own backyard. Like, there will be the next Rubini, Thou and Booker that we're sitting there waiting. Sure. Imagine if the Crusaders come over, the Blues come over and just swoop them. Because they haven't seen them. Or the, something like that. I can see that happening. Anyway, we're going to shoot off because we've got Sal GP, Liv Mackay coming up. We're going to have a chat to her about the next couple of weeks. And we've got plenty Left on our show. Ian Kirkpatrick after eight as well. We're we'll back shortly with Liv Mackay. This has
4: got me fired up in my Sail GP uh, hat because it's just over a week's time and we will be on the waters of Littleton Harbour and it will be buzzing with the cutting edge fleet of Sail GP boats flying in the penultimate event of the Sail GP season. The Kiwis sit precariously placed in second place, needing to qualify in that top three, as we've been talking about, to make the big dance in San Fran A job that has become, well... Come on. A lot more achievable in the great news. They're going to be sailing black and back in their long-awaited return to New Zealand. The event obviously got cancelled in the last couple of years. So the F50 that was damaged... Uh, Amakura in Singapore when it was hit by lightning has been under observation it's had all the stress testing done it's been repaired and it's gonna be on the start line at Littleton where we will be we can't wait Liv Mackay is a gun sailor in all sorts of classes and has been a very key cog in the sail GP dream for this season morning Liv thanks for joining us
1: Morena yeah thank you so much for having me on
4: no, no worries. Um, it's great to have you on and we want to actually talk a wee bit about what you're doing outside of G P with uh, the Live Ocean team as well, um, International Women's Day. So it's great timing because I know you're up to some pretty cool stuff there. But we'll start with the GP and I- I'd love to know and try explain it to us who don't really have much of a clue. How big of a deal is it to get your own boat back for this event? Because Sydney, it looked like a little bit of a struggle.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a massive uh, task for especially this LGP technical team to get the boat back for us and really grateful that it is. It's a, it's a huge deal. There's a lot. We've had the boat since the very beginning and we're very proud of um, sailing on the boat and Amakura means a lot to the whole team. So, yeah, really stoked to be back in black and let's be honest, it looks a, a lot better than the white boat. So, yeah, really, really excited for it.
2: Knowing how razor edge the, the competition is, how brutally competitive is it going to be next weekend with you, the British, the French, all hustling for those final two spots, last final spots.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. The um, how it played out in Sydney, we were really disappointed with our result, and that obviously played into the overall overall season point. So it's it's coming in really close uh, to the end of the season, and. And I mean, it makes it great watching. It's it's so cool that it's really tight at the top, and it comes down to that final three. So it's yeah, we always race to win, but it's obviously getting a lot of pressure at the point end of the season. So it will be hopefully good to good to watch next week.
4: You've got a lot of a lot of talent in your team, and a lot of uh, high-pressure athletes. And then you th- think yeah. about Ray as a coach as well. So do you? How do you guys lean on each other from that kind of sports gamesmanship perspective, Liv? Will you, uh, I mean, I got, I got, I was lucky enough in Sydney to see how you go about your business before an event, but will you guys get together before Littleton and, and work out a kind of a game plan and a way to focus yourselves and get yourself up for such an important part of the season? Yeah,
1: definitely. I think, as you said, everyone's extremely um, professional athletes, but the, Beauty of it all is that everyone's been sailing together for quite a while, and and that that leads into working so well together as a team. But we have a lot. Uh, we do a lot of work in between events. It's not easy getting such little training time in the boats, and you're racing at such high stakes. So it's really important to spend a lot of time together as a team, have that trust and respect, and all be on the same page. And that that comes into um, yeah, spending a lot of time together, doing meetings, debriefs, going through data, and the guys obviously sail, and myself have been sailing a lot here in Auckland, so it, it's really good.
2: Well, you're the skipper of the all-women's live ocean racing team. How special is that project for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, well done, awesome. Massive pri- privilege thank you um, yeah I'm super stoked to be leading it again this year it's, um, it's a super cool platform and really proud to be representing Live Ocean and sharing those messages with the world but also bringing a, a team together of, of youth and women that get the platform to race at the top so it's it's really cool it's awesome racing and it's it's a great uh, pathway to, to those top leagues like SailGP and and potentially the, the youth in the Women's
4: America Cup, which is effort. Oh, I am curious, Liv. Like, how are, and what are the pathways, especially for women, actually, no, for women, in, in foiling classes? Because there's not that much yeah. of it out there, um, and I can only assume that most of the spots get filled by the blokes pretty quick. So are there pathways for, you know, <laughs> the, the, nec- the next Liv Mackay's coming through? <laughs>
1: yeah I that's definitely a transition in sailing right now uh, clearly previously it's been yeah very male dominated and so that's something I really hope is changing right now and all the guys in our team are, are supporting that change as well as a few of women um, really trying to influence that the the pathway right now is it's the same as the guys really and and that's obviously dropped out kind of after school unfortunately a lot more women kind of go down the uni road and and kind of leave sailing and so uh, that whole piece is is something I'm really passionate about and the opportunities at the top are actually really changing with the women's AC and and women being involved with L G P. so it's that middle piece that is kind of missing right now and that's the perfect um, with the ETF and live ocean racing is what we're really trying to fill by. Well, I think you should changing that platform.
2: I think you should be proud, yeah. Liv. You're paving the way for the next generation of young, Kiwi female sailors that want to go and and you know ch- uh, <laughs> Sorry, take better. on the take on the <laughs> take on the lads at their own chosen sport. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Let, let. <laughs> and and. Yeah, I absolutely love it. But looking towards forward towards um, Littleton when you when you're sailing, have you sailed down to Littleton, and, and what are you expecting in terms of conditions, and, and and you know how do you prepare for such an event at Littleton?
1: Yeah, I mean the team is is really excited to have a home event, and especially in Christchurch, it's obviously not the you know, the obvious uh, Auckland where everyone thought we would be racing so that's what's actually really special about it. I've raced there a, a few times, probably around when I was kind of 12 to 15 so my memories of it are cold and windy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, exactly. Yeah, uh, it could be interesting I think you guys probably know more than me, to be honest. I I really hope it, it turns on some some good weather, but we can race in in most conditions, so I think regardless, it will be an awesome regatta.
4: Well, Liv, I don't want to spook be windy you, but <laughs> it was it was is he, it was uh, <laughs> six degrees on what day was it? Uh, Monday, Monday morning, oh, no. six 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 degrees when I got up to come to work at four am. So <laughs> I hope, I hope for everybody's sake, it's it not like that next week. Hey, all the best <laughs> staff, for the pre- preparation. We'll see you down here. We can't wait to see quarter out on the water as well. Um, yeah, you're right. You guys look way better in black. It just suits the whole team far better. <laughs> all the best, and we'll talk when you're down here.
1: No, awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Here you go. Live
4: Cheers, guy absolute star is he and, and you're so right she and she's humble but she is they, they, like what live ocean pete and blair and the opportunities that live are then creating um for young women to try and get into sailing and that middle tier to then be able to compete in the ac women's events and that sort of thing it is so important it's um it's a really cool thing that they're doing very proud
2: yeah looking forward to it next weekend down under here, Cell GP, first time ever. If you're around the Crosshitch region, get down to Littleton and watch it. It's going to be a fantastic watch. The team at SNZ will be right there amongst the action. The race 2023, let's get involved. Coming up.
4: We came, we saw, self assured. He conquered.
5: It's self-assured,
6: though, self-assured, and is assertive, besting against the race by Grins, This equine powerhouse to beat Majestic Cruiser and thread over Spankin. The first
4: ever running of the race by Grins was a dream come true. We watched in awe as our representative in self-assured and Mark Purden sat parked and was way too strong in the finish. This year we're running it back, and we want six of you involved. So. Text the race right now to double eight double three with your name and where you are around Aotearoa and six of you will be honorary shareholders and self-assured. The best part, if he can defend his race, you'll win two thousand dollars. Text the race to double eight double three right now and go on self-assured.
2: Wow. <laughs> Holy eh? aye. The race, park.
4: way too good, equine masterpiece. Mark Purden, Ooh. genius, and we're backing it up with self-assured. He's going to go back to back. Is he? I can feel it in my bones. The only thing you is, oh um, yes, I reckon. <laughs> Don't listen to Zach Butcher, mate. Old Town Road, get out of it. Self Assured's going back to back, and we need six people to share in the journey with us. Double eight double three, the race, your full name, where you are around the country, and uh, you could have 2K if Self Assured
2: wins. But uh, look, I'm feeling real good. That is such a good incentive. Like 2K. All you have to do is send a message, double eight double three, and you could be in the draw. Your name, where you are, bang, Self Assured. You're on, jump on, Purdo, singing at home with the lads in the... Oh, here we go. It's gone crazy. There you go. They are coming, thick and fast. Woohoo! In, Kirkpatrick coming up. We're going to be talking to Kirkie out of the Gisborne, Tarafati area, but keep those messages coming through. You want to be a part of the race. Here's Aroha with the news for Kibora. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. We've got Louis Herman What in the house is Kempe's over in Fiji having a wee holiday, having a wee wild deserved break. Bullard Kempe, hope you're doing okay. And wow, the race. There are plenty of meshes coming through and you all want to be a part of the race. How good. We are picking a winner every Wednesday. We're going to pick six over the next six weeks, every Wednesday. So you just have to send that message through and you will go into the draw and there is plenty, plenty coming through as well. There's a couple of messages there that we'll rip through later on in the show, but it's now four past eight and it's time for this.
5: Sport and the connection to the land on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast.
2: Collier's Rural and Agribusiness. License REAA 2008. Yes, the relationship between sports in New Zealand and the land we live on runs as deep as anything. It's impossible to ignore that our beautiful and unique surroundings of vast and rural communities have helped shape and mould the Kiwi identity many of our most successful athletes have used to reach the top of their craft, driving hours to training using work on the farm as a time in the gym, developing resilience and mental fortitude while working the land, all part of growing up in rural New Zealand while chasing sporting dreams. One man who knows this better than most is the great, and I'll meet great Ian Kirkpatrick, captaining the All Blacks 43 times in his 113 matches, including appearing in 38 consecutive tests from 1967 to 1977. Kirky was a rural icon in the black jersey. He played eighty five times for his beloved Poverty Bay, a region he knows so well. Farming there as well in Canterbury throughout the years. We couldn't think of anyone better to kick off our sport and its connection to the land feature with more, um with the one and only Ian Kirkpatrick. Good morning Ian, how you doing? Not too bad, is he? Not too bad at all. Hey mate, I know it's been um pretty devastating up there in the Titan area, mate. Um i no doubt you you've still got your hands on the ground what are you saying and, and what's been going on in the last couple of uh, couple of weeks mate
7: oh yeah no it hasn't been good up here particularly uh north of here tolliver bay um Togumawa bay they have they've taken a hiding for the last it seems nine months where they've had problems up there with heavy rain and so yeah, and 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 of course this last gabriel one um was a lot more widespread but but not quite as widespread you know it's it's been a funny funny type of cyclone this as far as we we're concerned over here and in, in, in the east coast and gisborne it's it's been bad in places and other places not far away hasn't been so bad you know so there's there's areas that have been devastated i mean you've got no idea and i've seen a few of them and uh yeah know, it hasn't been good and that, you know, it just makes everyone sort of get behind each other and help each other. And oh, you know, even in town, there's, there's you know there's problems around the um, main river that comes into the Gisborne Wharf. I mean, that's been pretty horrific too. So yeah, no, it's been it's been terrible. And uh, and I guess uh, that goes with Hawke's Bay as well. And particularly the East Valley, it's just been uh, something something else.
2: Yeah, I don't think people uh, have come to terms with uh, the enormity of of this situation. Like um, we know that a lot of our produce, our farming, uh, you know, uh, the produce that's produced in in Gizzi with Lederbrand brand, and obviously the animals that are that are farmed around the east coast. Like this is a pretty devastating thing. How how long's this journey going to take? Like this ain't a quick fix, is, is it?
7: Well, it's going to take a long time. But some guys can't you know they can't get stock out at the moment because they haven't got bridges. So you know they're going about trying to make make roading uh, a little bit better than <laughs> than than it is now, and so they can get stock out because it's pretty important for everyone concerned. Freezing works, um, and you mentioned uh, Leader Brand particularly here on the flats. They've they've had a a heck of a year, and it's just been a one big problem right through the whole summer. We I don't mm. I can't remember a summer like this ever. Um, it's just been in you know, the grounds waterlogged and so every time we get some sort of a, a storm or a heavy downpour um, we we get erosion on the hills and just waterlogging on the flats and so it's been difficult for everyone really whether, whether you're farming out in the hills or you're, you're cropping or harvesting on the flats here it's just been a, a one big nightmare really
2: well, let's talk about you, because that's why we got you on the show. Look, you're obviously a champion. You played over a hundred times for the famous Black Jersey, you played for Poverty Bay. When you go back to Poverty Bay, my wife's from Gizzy. Everyone knows Ian Kirkpatrick. Look, how much did working <laughs> on the lands on the landscape like in the farming industry, how much did that really shape your identity as a footballer, as a rugby player?
7: Oh, I think back in the day, I mean, you know, a lot of the uh the all black forward packs were made up of farmers or guys um, in, the, in the rural scene and uh, you know it was I guess we had a, a bit of an advantage over our old position particularly overseas where you know a lot of the players came from um, city jobs and um, uh, we were sort of raw-boned farmers who had the advantage of uh, doing what we did on the land whether it was doing sheep work or cattle work or or even even on the flats, uh sitting in practice for a while. Um, yeah, there, it was a, a big advantage. I think, you know, of course we we didn't really know anything about gymnasium, seen <laughs> our gymnasium without work pretty much. <laughs> so, um, you know, we saw Pine Tree carrying logs over his back and <laughs> posts and strainer posts and that sort of thing. I mean, that's all we did. You know, we uh, when we weren't playing rugby, we were doing farming stuff, whether it was shearing sheep or fencing, and you know, you you name it. Uh, and going back a bit, I guess cutting scrub as well. So you know, it was all, it was all about physicality. And so you know, the gyms weren't <laughs> weren't part of it. Our our gymnasiums were our work pretty much.
4: Ed, it's it's so awesome to have you on SCNZ, uh, mate. And Especially talking about the land, like financially, was there pressure? Did you get any? Was there any payment through rugby back then? Did you ever get a, a bob here or there, or any kind of expenses when you were on tour, or or did you depend on your farming background to um, be able to sustain yourself financially while you were playing footy?
7: Oh, I think you know when it came to in those days, going on long tours to um, South Africa or the UK for four and a half months, four months. I mean, you. A lot of the guys had to rely on donations from, you know, a lot of the clubs would uh, have functions to raise money so they they could take with them overseas. And uh, yeah, no, it was was, but you know, with all taking all that into account, I mean, the, the main thing was that we're representing the, you know, the, the country and and you've made the All Blacks and that was, you know, that was something else as well. So you know, we were just so lucky to be um, able to be part of that so we you know i think guys made a lot of sacrifices to to go on those long tours and maybe they probably only a lot, a lot of them only made one but it was just one that they never you know never forget and so there was a lot of uh, yeah a, a lot of you know hard work going into it before and um, yes yeah, some of the guys it wasn't that easy being away from their businesses, or their work for four and a half months, and not having a lot of, back in the day, not having a lot of um, technical um, connection with back home. So, yeah, no, it wasn't easy, but but it was always that you know that silver fern that um, that that was what it you know that's really what all it meant. It was was yeah it, uh, it was outstanding. ready to be uh, to be lucky enough to be part of it. So you know a lot of sacrifices were made just to do that. So yeah i mean the old you know the old rural people they um they certainly know how to you know, knuckle down and um get over the some of the sacrifices and um and they're there for one reason that's to to win you know when I first got in the all backs it was you know you don't lose and if you you know if you uh and, and the day before any replacements uh you know, you only came off if you broke your back or something like that. I mean, that was the attitude. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, well, tough, it was something mate. else. <laughs> Honestly,
2: yeah. my mum loved um, loved what you you were all about back in the day, uh, Kirky. She'd always say, Izzy, get up those hills." Go on the farm and have a steak and egg for breakfast, and that's what your you need to do. She would always, and I'd be laughing at her, and I'd be like, come on, mum, it's not like that. But I think I'd absolutely <laughs> die on that farm if I'm around you, Kirk. I'm hearing big things that you're throwing hay bales around and, and doing things like that, so you still got it. I want to ask you the question, what do you make of this day and age rugby player right now? Would they last in the farm? Could you see a Dan Carter up there throwing hay bales around or not?
7: Oh, yeah, I think so. No doubt about that. Richie, uh, he'd be throwing more than hay bales around too, probably. Um, Yeah, no. Yeah, it's a completely different game for these guys now. You know, it's their their employment and it's their, you know, getting ready for retirement. And um, when they go into the the years that they, you know, are unable to play rugby and carry on, it's just, and I, you know, I sort of feel <clears throat> the player welfare thing I worry about now is that, you know, having been through the last 40 years of not, not playing, but being able to, you know, do what I what I can do now, like badly uh, playing golf. Uh, <laughs> not quite as good <laughs> as you, is he? Um, <laughs> but, you know, and being able to to bike and to walk up our Coddy Hill here and... Uh, and to you know, go out and well, help friends uh, after the flood, cleaning up and that sort of thing, um, being able to do that still, um, you know. That's. But I think these guys now that are playing now might not have that luxury. You know, they. It's a tough game now. It's it's you know it's the players are bigger, they're faster. I mean, the backs now are bigger than what we were in the forwards just about now. Well, they well they are. And um, but you know the, the requirement now in the game is that you know it's about it's about speed, it's about size, and it's just you know it just it worries me a bit that these guys once once they get to the the ages of you know 40 plus, 50 plus, 60 that you know they're going to have a lot more problems than we ever did as, as amateurs. So you know that's that's my big concern about the game at the moment that it's getting. So physical that these guys and they, you know, they're getting they're getting well paid and fair enough too, and Mm -hmm. so they should. And but you know, it's just and they're doing it for you know for their future. So you you can see why they want to hang in there and and keep on doing it. Uh, But it's it's not easy, and some of the hits they take, you know, it's pretty you know it's it's getting pretty gladiatorial. So you know that's that's my big worry about. These guys now that they um, you know they're playing. I mean, I guess we never worried about what we were going to be like when we were sixty either. But having been through it, um, you think back that you know I'm quite pleased I did play in the amateur days. When we when we got about a dollar fifty a day while we were on tour. Um, that money was never the the issue. It was you know putting on that silver spoon. That's that was that was that meant everything. So yeah, that, that's the difference I see.
2: I love it, absolutely love it mate, that silver fern, that's what it should all be about and I think we've kind of drifted away from that a wee bit, hopefully we can come back and I think they'll be listening to this and thinking, shh, that's what it was all, you paved the way, Kirky, and and something's a little bit more concerning, it's probably you scoring so many tries in the Ford pack, other than Stu Wilson, so other than that moment of scoring plenty of tries, what is your proudest moment in your footballing career?
7: Oh, I think, well, you know, the first time you've selected, I, you know, it was all, mm. it all happened pretty quickly for me when I was in Canterbury, and, uh, and I actually went down there in the beginning of of 67, and within a couple of months, I was in the army <laughs> in Burnham doing national service, which was about three and a half months in the winter of uh, of all things, but. And yeah. so I, you know, I didn't, I didn't play a lot. Of, I didn't get the chance to play a hell of a lot of rugby that I really wanted to. It wasn't until I came out in sort of July, August that um, everything started to happen for me, and it just happened all so quickly that, you know, I don't know how the hell I did get in the All Blacks, really. But uh, um, yeah, there was, there was, there was. I think that was the, the crowning moment, really, with it being having your name read out and. Uh, of the standard athletic park. It was, you know, there's probably seemed to be more people at the afternoon function than were at the games. Not, not quite, but it was, you know, it was, was some sort of atmosphere and uh, hear your name read out uh, for the first time. I mean, that was, that was probably the crowning thing of, of my career. You know, after that, well, you know, the game, <laughs> the game wasn't as structured as it is now. So you really had to go out there and
6: really, you know, you had to,
7: you had to go and find, find the ball. You had to, you had to back up. You had to do this. So the, you know, the fitness requirement was still there. Simple. Sometimes you probably wonder why, but but it was. And so because there was less structure then, you had to get out there and do your thing that you could do in your position and the way the game was played then. So yeah, no, it was completely different, but. But still, it was you yeah, know that's what it was at the time, and so you know you just um, went out there and uh, just did your best, and if you scored some tries, it's usually someone else made them for you, <laughs> some a lot of the time. So yeah, no, it's about being Johnny on the spot, and um, yeah, just keeping up that your physical fitness and um, that sort of mental attitude that you required before you went on. Um, you certainly, uh, under Fred Allen, you certainly had no trouble about motivation with him, uh, <laughs> with his team talks and uh, the way he used to, um, the way he worked on your psychology and stuff. And so, yeah, no, it was an was, outstanding it was a, a 10 years I had in the old Blacks. It was magnificent.
2: Oh, you're an absolute champion, Kirky, and, and I, I know plenty will be taking, uh, uh, taking this on and you'll be providing them with hope. Do you have a message for our rural communities and the farmers that might be doing it tough at the moment, wherever they are around the country, about how important they are to New Zealand? Just a quick message.
7: Oh, yeah, no no doubt about that. I You know, my own personal experience was 1985 when we had a, a flood up our valley pretty much within about... I suppose a radius of about probably 10 k's when everything fell to bits, and um, and then we had Bowler three years later, Mm. which didn't help. And so you just you know you had to you had to just get that fortitude that you sat back, thought it out. What I got to do, what's best for me in my you know my case, and 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 these guys now have. got to do the same thing you know you you don't know what you're going to do until it happens and when it happens you, you just got to be careful and just do things that, that you know is going to be what you want and what's going to be good at the end of it so but it's a slow process I mean now you know we haven't really had a summer at all so the ground's so wet and, and same in the, on here particularly in Hawke's Bay and up here um, it's it's not easy to get out there and and tidy you know roads up slips up get get bridges built or you know temporary um roads put in so you can get stuff out it's just you know they just got to go through it and it's not it's not easy but but you know with help from you know your neighbors and your and your friends you know you they'll, they'll get through it but it's you know it's a trying time and it's not mentally it's, it it sort of works on you so you know you've got to be you just got to be careful as what you, you what you do and how you approach it and just try and you know what's what's a great thing about mental health is to get out there and exercise if you can mm. and um throw that into the mix and you, you'll find that you know it's uh it, it helps a hell of a lot and so Yeah, so you know these guys are these farmers now. They work as hard as farmers have ever worked, and so you know I think you know most of the guys will get through it. Some some will have real problems and and may may not make it. Who knows? But uh, but I just wish them well in their in their recovery. And so you know it's uh it's not an easy time, but when when you see the sun come out, uh, it certainly makes a difference. Mm.
2: Yeah, for sure. And Kirkpatrick. Just a nice message to the community, particularly up there in the Tara for T Hawks Bay area that has been affected. We appreciate you coming on the show, Kirky. Um, you're an absolute legend. And you shows you show everyone what it really means to to represent your country. That silver fern on your chest, there is nothing better, there is nothing bigger. Absolutely appreciate it. Thanks so much.
7: No no trouble, Izzy.
5: Sport and the connection to the land. On Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Profit from the best advice with Colliers Rural and Agribusiness.
2: License REAA two thousand and eight. Wow, that doesn't put life in perspective. Nothing will for you, really. It's um, just shows my mum would always say, son get up in those hills, be like Ian Kirkpatrick, be like Colin Meads, and I'd sit there laughing, and I'm like, mate, I wouldn't last a day in that farm, I'll tell you that right now. Such a champion, a legend, that represented our country plenty of times, and the best thing about it, he's from little old Gizzy in the Gisborne area. And I'm hearing stories now, I know we're going to shoot off, I'm hearing stories now, mate, he is still as strong as an ox, still doing plenty around the farm, he had a wee accident a while back, but he's still strong, mentally tough, and farmers are going to be doing it tough over the next couple of years. So I loved his message about just get out, do some exercise. It is very good for your brain. That was Ian Kirkpatrick. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. The Real House of Fragrance. Welcome back. Amazing interview, boys. A true legend. Izzy, great chat with one of Tairawhiti's greats. He does so much for fundraisers locally and a total gentleman. Humble and gracious every time you meet him. Izzy, great interview with the great man. Just like to point out to all the haters, and I quote from Ian himself, it wasn't till I went down to Canterbury that I made the All Blacks. But I suppose they say we poached him as well. That's from PJ. Great memory there, Peach. Hey, you're on to it today. Plenty of messages coming up. We'll get to those shortly. But here's Aroha. What the news for Kibata? Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's time for some more headlines with Joey. Brought to you by Goal, fueling your mission All year round. Joey B, what do you got for us, buddy? Hey, Izzy. Yeah,
3: very good. Um... Well, it's International Women's Day today. More than a decade since the competition was last delivered, the Women's North vs. South T20 series is back at Lincoln Oval this weekend, which is great to see. Also, the WTA Tour has announced a strategic partnership with CBC, which will see the private equity firm invest $150 million into women's tennis, much needed, as the prize money is far less than at the men's ATP men's world tour so they're hoping that will boost it a bit and there are a couple of champions league games on today boys starting at 9am highlighted by chelsea versus Borussia dortmund chelsea have obviously been struggling in the premier league so far but fans will know very well that that's when they thrive the most in champions league action those are your headlines thanks to gal feeling your mission pop into your local for some good value fuel. visit gal.nz
2: Awesome, thank you, Joe B. Appreciate your headlines throughout the day, Louis. We have got a couple of messages here. What about this from Chris? Yeah, I will eat my I will eat my hat plus my shirt plus my jersey plus my stink socks if this comes through. Matsuyama, Finau, Smith, and Spieth multi is paying over two hundred and fifty thousand for a dollar. <laughs> Cheers and thank me later, Chris. <laughs> I can well, see Matsuyama or anyone. I can see Smith. I can see Spieth. Just female. I love female to to win one. Absolutely love it. And how about this? Full Swing season two, it's coming, boys. Netflix. Yeah,
4: I saw um, Brooks Kepka Somebody asked him what he thought of his episode, and he said mm. and he just Brooks. He's so grumpy, Brooks Kepka, isn't he? God, he's so oh. surly, and he he goes, wow, well, yeah. I thought it was interesting, you know. The cameras only catch some of the stuff, and he was just kind of like, <laughs> you know, like, like, almost like, kind of leaving it, like, oh, they didn't tell the full story. Which I was kind of waiting to see who the first golfer to say that would be, but um, yeah, of I, it's um, him. Yeah, he's so surly, isn't he? Is he? I am just desperate, and I don't know why. I don't know why I feel like this, but I'm just desperate for a live player to win a major this year. I just think that it yeah. would just be so good for golf just to like show that you can't just isolate these players. Like they, 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 mm. it's just a different competition. I really want it to happen.
2: Yeah, I, I can hear what you're saying, and I know if anyone's got a chance, Cam Smith has got a genuine chance. Dustin Johnson, probably the two most com- contenders out of the LOV. I've, got, I don't, I not i did not do this on purpose, but I've got all all, uh, all PGA players. I've gone all PGA, but anything can happen at the uh, at the at the majors. And Mark from Tauranga, he's gone Masters equals McElroy, US mm-hmm. Open equals Scotty Scheffler, the Open, Ryan Fox, PGA Championship equals Jordan Spieth. So there you go. That's a. That's a great bet. And you know what? I've gone against my word. Ryan Fox is gonna win a major this year when I haven't even picked him, so I'm gonna have to go through and reshuffle one of those. I've just picked that up. I've (laughs) just (laughs) backtracked I've just I've just backtracked Louis, so I'm gonna throw him in at the open as well. I'm gonna throw Ryan Fox open. He usually goes all right there. Yeah,
4: he's it's the one he's played the most, right? Um, having that European yep. Tour connection. W- what about Jordan Spieth? Like Spieth, he was in contention at the Arnie. He was he was going good, and he he went through that flat spot a couple of years ago where he just he it was almost like he had the yips for like eighteen months. But he's way out of that. He's won tournaments again. He, he's got uh, he's got major pedigree. We know that. Uh, he goes good at Augusta, a previous winner there. Uh, he can win. Pretty much on any sort of course, he plays tough golf. Is he a chance?
2: Yeah, Jordan Spee's a genuine chance. He like he, like Michael Hendry said, it's finding the formula to win a tournament. That is the hardest thing. Like you look at the guy on the, on the week on the weekend. This guy from Australia, Shea Woods. He was leading by three in the final day, and my my actually playing partner went up to him and he said, "Hey, feeling he goes, mate. I'm absolutely packing myself." I'm absolutely oh, no. himself. So he's mentally already broken. He goes out and no, he no, no. bogeys the first four holes and he loses a shot. And he's straight out of contention. I think he shot the final eight over or something. So mentally, that's what it takes to win these big events. Michael Hendry has done it. Jordan Spieth has won a major. So he's done it. So he's got the mental fortitude to go through. When you look at the list of potentially who hasn't won it, you've got Foxy and you've got Homer, two of the players that I've picked that haven't won a major. One on events, but I don't know, that major pressure is something different. So I can see Jordan Spieth winning one, for sure. Max
4: Homer okay. has been playing unbelievable golf. And you made the point, was it a couple of weeks ago, that he's gonna be playing at the county the country club LA. Uh, he's yeah. California loves it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's where he wins. So I just think, you know, if he's, he's back fun- in LA yeah. Genesis, Riviera, he was close, LA just makes sense. I can see him. Potentially pushing for a for a chance at that event, but uh, love it. Have you collated all those as well? And, and you're gonna got oh, another one here from Troy, morning team four golf winners, Masters, Rory to get the job done, PGA Championship, Xander Shoffley, yet Ooh. to win a major, Xander Shoffley. Well, here he is, US Open. He's following me, my good mate Troy from Toadpool. Here he is. He's gone Mad Max Homer. And then the Open, Jordan Spieth (laughs) has an awesome track record over there. The Shoes, Troy from Topol, Day One Lister, Golf Battler. Shoes are coming your way, Troy. (laughs) No! Stay stay tuned, mate. We're we're getting to mates or? Nah, I'll do that. eh? Your your name's on the wall. You do what you want around here. (laughs) All right, we'll shoot away. I'll see how I feel. Troy, you stay tuned in. Thank you to everyone that sent the messages through. We'll go through, have a we? look at the list, who has declared the best one, the genuine chance to go forward and win the four majors. We're going to shoot off. We'll come back. We'll have a catch-up with Paulie Moati, and we'll talk some super rugby as well. Yes, welcome back. It's time to catch up with the one and only Paulie Moati. bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Good morning, Paulie. How you doing?
5: Oh, we
0: you might may have lost him
5: there. Uh, oh, you there?
2: Sorry, got you now. Got you now, Paulie. How you doing?
5: Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks, Izzy. Um, just checking out the uh, card at Topo today, uh, and I'm just having a look at race six at the moment. And uh, there's a bit of a drift on here. If I get paid, the uh, ifrage Philly, four eighty out yeah? to five fifty is is. Oh. I'm, I'm just guessing. Is Louis waiting to pounce?
4: No, now that. now this is brilliant, Izzy, because I'm going to get a free shot here because Paul brought it up. Paul, I have a genuine question here. Look at this field yep. and find yep. me a horse that's tightened in.
5: Uh, let's have a look here.
4: And it's a trick I'm question looking. because there isn't one. And I guess is this, and you might not know this, It might be a question for Stephen Hunt or... Our other yeah. people at the TAB is this what we are seeing here is this evidence that in these big fields because a lot of these horses were nommed and accepted for races five and seven as well and they've been scratched out to race in race six so do in your markets in your pricing do you build in that potential that they will be scratched for deduction purposes because there's only been one scratching here and therefore the markets had to loosen up rightly so Opie boss and mark walker three dollars to 350 very unusual on race day uh midnight bell craig grills stephen marsh 16s to 21s um if i get paid as you point out 480 to 550 and that's in a boys get paid colors which is very unusual so is what we're seeing here that there isn't as many scratchings as the tab would have suspected
5: i i look i don't <laughs> want to put words in the mouths of the bookies uh louis um, <laughs> but, uh, there may be a little bit of insurance going on there. I'm just having a look through the rest of the card, and I can see that um, there, are any, there are any number of scratchings in a number of the other races. I'm just looking at race seven. Uh, it's very speak, unusual. I think yes, 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 indeed. I'm just having a look. We've, um, I can see we've taken a bit, bit of cash on a runner in race seven, the old Minx. Um, already had, uh, what, a 2000 and a $1,200 bet on the old minx at $4, now into $2.50. So, um, yeah, it's a, a strange old meeting at Telpo today. Uh, it's, if, it's, you, if, if, it, if you, it was, if you
4: I in in your fairness, I have not seen this before. A mid a midweek race where there's only there's only been two scratchings where there probably should have been about five or six. I'm not having a go. I just thought it was very strange and it's good to know because when she opened at four dollars eighty, I thought, gee, that's tight and I thought you were being a little bit tight. And five fifty is a better price, I think, so uh, we might be having a bet. She should be up on the pace and she should run a Good
5: race. Well, all the best in race uh, 16, Louis. Uh, But if you want to start the day off uh, on a high, I can tell you we've taken money on the favourite in race one, Belcamina, 280 into 240. Uh, What have we had? We've had a $2,000 bet on Belcamina. And we've had a $1,000 multi Belcamina into the favourite in race two, uh, the Tony Pike-trained Lording at $2.50. So there's a $1,000 double on Balcomina into lording in races one and two at Topor today. Um, and I thought we should have a look at the NBA as well because the boys have put together a number of power plays for punters to get on. They've also got a boosted market. Uh, Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving, each to make five or more threes. Uh, that's been boosted out to $8. And the in the power plays, two of the most popular, both contain... Steph Curry. Uh, Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving to combine for 55 or more points, 10 or more rebounds, 12 or more assists. That's paying five fifty. That's attracted a bit of attention from punters. And Steph Curry and Anthony Davis, each to score 30 or more points and the Warriors and Lakers to both win. That's paying $9. That's also seen quite a bit of action from punters.
2: Beautiful, Paulie. Thank you so much. Just before we let you go, four majors. Yeah, yes. US Open. Who you got?
5: Uh, U.S. Open. I'm probably looking at someone like a Scotty Scheffler.
2: Sheffler, Okay.
5: Okay, that one. Masters?
2: I agree.
5: Uh, Masters, or you don't have to look too far outside the square here, I don't think. Someone who's uh, performed very well there before, or indeed won. So I'll probably go for someone like uh, maybe a, a Justin Thomas Okay. Ooh. Yep, like that. PGA. Uh the PGA um I'm gonna go with John Rahm.
2: Rahm. Like that. The open.
5: I'll go John Rahm again.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you're the same as Michael Hendry. You been listening.
5: Hey, there
2: he is. No, 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 I,
5: no I haven't. <laughs> Um, But um, uh, you should be listening later on this afternoon, uh, just before 11 o'clock, when uh, Pip has a chat with uh, Smithy. because I think she'll be talking about a few of the things that we're doing to recognise International Women's Day today.
2: Beautiful. Love it, Pauline Moati. Thanks so much. You're a champion. We'll chat to you tomorrow, Paul Lee. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. Great to catch up, Paul Moati. We've got a little bit of super rugby we're gonna do right now. We're gonna do that today, Louis, or are we gonna save for tomorrow.
4: Let's save it, right? Because we've got heaps of good texts yeah. to get through. And just, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad Paul had to front the front the music there. Actually, um, it's good of him to just. Are you own, confident? Own that and if I today, get paid or? yeah I think it's hard to be confident with a this is her first start she's not run a place yet so it's hard to be confident but what What's I will say Grace? is I think it's just before five o'clock um okay what I will say is Mark Walker and Tiako have done a great job of giving her every chance they've been very patient with her they've got her looking a million dollars like she looks like you know she looks like a champion um mm. but to this day, she has not wanted to perform. She's just not, she's just been immature in her racing. So they're going to get her up on speed. They're going to race her a little yep. bit differently, kind of like Big Pungle. And they've got the blinkers on her and um, hopefully she can just bowl mm. along and maybe get a gap on them in the corner. So that would be the dream, is he.
2: Oh, that'll be good. That'll be perfect. I'm uh, back in you, mate. I'm right behind you. I've got uh, a wee bit, a few dollars in the account. So have a wee look at it. Have a wee flutter later on this morning. We've got plenty of messages that have come through. We'll have to say those for tomorrow because we're going to shoot off and we're going to catch up with Smithy. Back shortly.
4: Self Assured is going to be running in the race this year again for SENZ. It's our slot in the race by Grins. We cannot wait for it. And we are getting six of you involved to be honorary shareholders in the horse. Like we did last year. If Self Assured wins, you win yourself two thousand dollars. Listen every Wednesday to SENZ text when we call for your text. A double eight double three. Today, our first honorary shareholder, our honorary owner, Izzy, is Brian Skilling from Whakatane. Congratulations, Brian.
0: How good.
2: Brian. Well done, Brian. You're part of the team going forward. So well done. Awesome. That's a great initiative to be a part of, knowing what happened last year in the race. And Troy from Topor. This ain't rigged, but you're our winner of the shoes. The Adidas ZG23 is coming your way, my friend. So there you go. You can walk the fairways. And comfort, they are the most comfiest shoes I've ever worn. So there you go. Thank you so much for all the messages that have come through. There's plenty to get through. We'll save those and we'll rip into them tomorrow. But going to head to the Hawks Bay and hear from Smithy. How you doing, Smithy?
5: Yeah, guys, uh, really nice to uh, hear the show this morning and uh, two legends of uh, the East Coast rugby set up um, mm. in Israel Dag and uh, Ian Kirkpatrick having a chat. I thought that was um, pretty apt this morning. To be fair, I thought more at yeah. though if you had of um, given one of your slots to uh, one of your one uh, one of your one, uh, <laughs> wonderful women texters this morning because of course it's International Women's Day, so yeah, yeah there's okay, one. But there. you, you've made your you've made your decision. That's fine. You've made your decision. Well, that's all good.
2: Well, so uh, so yeah, what have you done for the amazing woman in your life there today, Smithy? Have you got up and made her a nice coffee? What have you done?
5: No, I got up early. And um, I decided that I would eat the breakfast that she made me. And I would the <laughs> that she made me. And I would. Before she went to work, I would. I would
4: let her hang out the washing.
2: <laughs> well, you've got the uh, next couple of hours to go yes, and uh, achieve what you have to do. And then you can go do the rest of the chores. Have a good day, Smitty.